The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Well, I don't want to fucking go to work tomorrow. <laughs> I told everybody Josh Allen was going to throw seven touchdown passes. <laughs> Why would you do that? I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> What's up, guys? It's Harrison Phillips here, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellows on the Circle the Wagons podcast on Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills, baby. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey, Bills fans. Welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and we are going to discuss the Bills getting absolutely embarrassed tonight on national television to the Tennessee Titans, 42-16 to in Tennessee. We are going to go over our thoughts of the game. We're going to vent a lot in this episode, guys. We're going to vent about a lot of things. <laughs> uh, We're going to go over our stats of the game, some plays of the game, our wall of famers, which will be very hard to find, and our wall of shamers with some help from our amazing followers on Twitter. And also we'll do our weekly podcast giveaway, so stick around for the end of the podcast for that. But first, I'm joined by my co-hosts, John and Mike. Fellas, it's this was there were so many things going into this game. We talked on Sunday's podcast about this, where the Titans had two weeks to prepare for this matchup, even though they weren't allowed in the facility, even though they weren't allowed to practice together for more than a couple of days. And the announcers mentioned that several times this evening. Um, as if that was uh, whatever. So the Bills offense essentially stalled tonight for the first time all season. They couldn't get anything going. They turned the ball over several times. Special teams was awful and really needed the, their defense to bail them out of a game for the first time this season. And they disappointed uh, tremendously. They were awful tonight. The defense was not even close to a semblance of their 2019 top five defense. And I think that was the most disappointing part of tonight's game. And I'll throw it over to you guys, but, um, you know, Josh Allen obviously didn't have a great game 
And um, I don't know, I but I, I hang this loss on mostly the defense. Uh, but I, honestly, all three phases of the game, I think they struggled on offense and they struggled mightily on defense, not even just stopping Derrick Henry, but making Ryan Tannehill look like a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback, not being able to get any pass rush whatsoever on Ryan Tannehill, not being able to contain the edge against the run game when they bounced outside or when Ryan Tannehill went outside. And they just exposed the Bills' um, defense, who was missing Matt Milano and Tredavious White tonight, guys that they sorely missed. And uh, I don't know, it was just a frustrating game all the way around. And I think we're going to mention a lot of frustrating parts about this game. But John, I'll start with you. Uh, did you see this game the same way, and uh, are you feeling the same way as I am? Yeah, I mean, like you said, all three phases is just embarrassing. Um, I think it falls squarely on Sean McDermott. The team was not prepared, obviously. Um, I get that they were preparing for two games this week, but it's just, it was really bad. Um, Penalties, execution, um, just a number of different, they didn't seem to succeed in anything, To, to in my opinion. Is that is that what you were going to say? <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I was, I was going to say that, you know, if you factor in the pe- penalties on top of it, like they weren't disciplined. Um, it was just it was just terrible. It was like a team that we haven't seen at all this season. This was not the same team we saw in weeks one through four. And uh, this I mean, was this was night and day. This was like watching the Jets play today. Honestly, it was I mean, OK, it wasn't that bad. All right. They're not like the worst team in the NFL, but it was it was just a poor lack of execution. Mike, what about you? John, you sound like you got poleaxed, man. Like losing to an undefeated team on the road is not a terrible scenario. It's not the end of the world. At the beginning of the year, if you offered me four and one, I would take it a hundred times out of a hundred. Um, it was not their best game by any stretch. They looked unprepared. But forty-eight hours ago, you guys already touched on it. They didn't know if they'd be playing tonight. Um, or they didn't know if they'd be playing against this opponent. It could have been Thursday against the Chiefs. Um, so I think there's something there. Um, we'll never play on Tuesday again, hopefully, right? Um, <laughs> we, take your lumps and move on. We shouldn't have. I, I don't we should preserve the moment. Yeah. I'm I'm psyched about the Bills season, and maybe we'll see the Titans again in the in the playoffs. We shouldn't have had to play on Tuesday to begin with if the other team See that's the thing it's like throughout all of this there were the announcers kept mentioning oh the the Titans are doing so great you know compared to the you know the things that they had to do they couldn't do this or they couldn't do that and it's just like they basically had to do their jobs like we're all trying to do our jobs virtually right like that's what they did and like I mean it's not like you can only do your job like 20% capacity while you're there mind you football is a different sport or a different thing altogether it's physical you have to be there to you know weight train but like game planning i mean i can do everything over zoom for work for conference calls and this and that and get you know 90 to 95 percent of what i get if i was there in person and uh the announcer just made it seem like it was that big if honestly i thought the titans they had more time to prepare for this game the the fact that they had a bye week already doesn't matter i mean they don't get one later but now is the best time to have had a bye week you know the you had two weeks to prepare you had guys you know getting back from injury and you you could scheme up a plan against a bill's offense and defense um and you know a team that was missing some key players tonight and we didn't mention john brown john brown was out tonight bill's uh number number two wide receiver and um (laughs) 
was just it was frustrating all around coaching wise i mean at the end of the you know the beginning of the fourth quarter they're down by 18 points they did not play with the uh the sense of urgency that they needed to going into the fourth quarter they should have been playing a hurry up offense from the beginning you need three possessions or at least yeah three three possessions to score in the fourth quarter and and that's not to mention a defense that hasn't been able to really stop the Tennessee Titans you you saw at one point what they were like three for three in red zones for or red zone attempts for touchdowns and then they went four and four for four and um yeah I mean I, I definitely agree with the lack of a sense of urgency <laughs> and that was very frustrating to start the fourth um but they did come at that point you have to get the touchdown which they did and they were close to not the ideal scenario, but they got him to third down a couple of times. And it was like the one that the play that sticks out to me was when it was third and seven, right? And the defense jumps off size and it's third and two. And he just handed it to Henry and pounded it. And to me, it was over at that point. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. But I mean, at the time, I was upset because even though AJ Epinesa made the only play for the defense in the second half right before that when he got Derrick Henry for a loss. And you're like, okay, he needs to keep playing. He can't come out. And then he has that offsides like right after you're like, all right, maybe you need to maybe you need to go off the field for a minute. <laughs> but yeah, it was like the defense just needed something, a jolt. Sometimes but I mean, even if it didn't matter, even if the Bills had stopped him right there, they didn't stop him at any other point during the game. Then then Andre Roberts, you know, uh fumbled the return after that. The special teams was awful. Today, they couldn't get any decent field position for the Bills either returning the ball or stopping the Titans in the returning game. Um, you know, Andre Roberts had his worst game as a Buffalo Bill. He had that tipped tipped up pass in the first quarter on the, on the opening drive that led to the interception. Um, he was awful tonight. Uh, who Would you agree was- that the score was not reflective of the competitiveness of the game. Like I believe if they played it, if the score was zero, zero, they played again, get rid of the COVID. Like there's certainty with the the date and the time of the game. I think I'm not disheartened in the sense of, Oh, the Titans are the better team. Like we cannot beat them. If we see them again in the playoffs, like I think, no, like they definitely had our number tonight. They play again. It's a toss up to me. I'm not discouraged at all. I think the bills can beat them. You had, like you already touched on, Tredavious White, um, I would argue the best corner in the game, Matt Milano, a huge piece of the defense, some key injuries for the Bills. Um, it just, it's not the sky is falling at, at four and one. You know what? That's you a- start over zero, zero. I think the, the Bills have just as good a shot as Tennessee of winning the game. That's a good point. That's a good point. If, if this would have been a normal week, a normal Sunday to Sunday game, and they didn't just get off of a bye, um, then yeah, I could see it. That's that's a fair point, Mike. I guess I'm just in the moment right now because we just saw them lose, so I'm still frustrated. But I that's a good point. Overall picture, overall you know, the, the grand scheme of things, I think you're you're right in that, Mike. John, would you agree with that, or are you still in a in a in a rough place? Are we gonna have to text your wife later to make sure that you're all right? You know, are you going to bed after this? <laughs> Get some rest. Well, after watching Tannehill play, I can't watch. Can't wait to watch Mahomes uh, throw 15 touchdown passes next week. I love how Mike's like, you know, it's okay. Next, <laughs> you play again. You know, the Bills have just as good a chance of beating them. You know, then <laughs> John's like, I can't wait to watch Mahomes carve us up next week <laughs> for 15 touchdowns. 
you guys you guys remember the parable of the farmer and the horse? Like it's so applicable to everyday life. So the, there was the farmer in the ancient land or whatever, and he had this horse. And his neighbors, he's the only guy with a horse. And the neighbors are all like, oh, you're so lucky. You have a, heart, a horse to pull your cart. And the farmer's like, ah, maybe. Maybe I'm lucky. Maybe I'm not. So then one day he didn't latch the gate right, whatever. And the horse completely runs off. And the neighbor's like, ah, oh, uh, what terrible news. And the farmer's like, oh, maybe. Maybe. Like, who knows? Maybe yes, maybe no. A few days after that, the horse comes back. And he in the this plow horse brought six wild stallions with him and, and the neighbor's like oh that's fantastic like you're so lucky and now you're rich and maybe and the farmer's just like ah oh, maybe i am maybe i'm not like who knows and then the following week the farmer's son was breaking in one of the wild horses and it kicks him right in the head <laughs> just kidding not in the head not in the head <laughs> the leg kicks him in the leg and he breaks his leg right because stallions are freaking powerful beasts and the neighbors come over and they're like, oh, what bad luck, you know, uh, terrible, terrible news. And the farmer's just like, yeah, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, who knows. And then the next day, the very next day, like soldiers come and they take, uh, they go house to house in the village and they just take all the young guys, all like all, all the militia soldier age guys, right? Yep. And it would have been the farmer's son, but he had a broken leg. So he totally got out of it, but in a legit way, not in like a bone spur kind of way right so, <laughs> oh because <laughs> what are you gonna do with a broken leg <laughs> bone spur way <laughs> so, and, and all the neighbors come over and like oh your son is safe like everybody else is gonna get decimated in this war and and you're so lucky your your son is saved and the farmer's like yeah maybe 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 not who knows <laughs> so like you you never really know like maybe this is the wake-up call they need um i think the third, fourth order effects are unknowable. It's it's not the end of the world. Four and one is awesome. Uh, I'm not sure I follow. Does that mean like Josh Allen wanders off and brings back six like defensive pass rushers or something that are really good? Maybe yes, maybe no. <laughs> we, we don't know. <laughs> Everything's possible. So. <laughs> So, so the, then the son stayed in the village, right? He didn't go off to war, and then he became a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> and then with the villagers, I'm just kidding. Ad, just, ad lib that part. Yeah, like you just never know. <laughs> he killed this. He killed his whole family. He became the first serial killer in in ancient <laughs> times. <laughs> people, people from the village came back. Hey, what the hell? Your son's a serial killer. What, why is that? He's like, oh, maybe it's bad. Maybe it's good. You know. <laughs> <laughs> we won't see and then he ended up killing the future hitler so anyway <laughs> um <laughs> you could say that about anything couldn't you like if the bills win a super bowl be like <laughs> we're talking on this podcast in february the bills just won the super bowl and we're like john and i are like are you freaking kidding me and mike's like ah maybe it's good maybe it's bad <laughs> you never know <laughs> I think in the sport, if we want to bring it back to the present day in the sports world, something even more dramatically, right? When the Warriors, you know, the odds on favorites to win the NBA Finals, and when they didn't, that a lot, then it was okay for Kevin Durant, you could argue the number one or number two player in the world, to come join and form this ultra uber super team, right? If they won the championship that year, that year like Kevin Durant couldn't join a championship team. Like, I th like again, this is pales in comparison one game game five the fifth game of the season but i just think you never know is my only point 
man, if if uh, if we could get one player in the off season, I'm thinking after tonight, it would be like a stud defensive end. Because man, is for for as much money as the Bills pay for players on the defensive line, they could not create any pressure. The Bills couldn't create pressure Nothing. while blitzing. Nothing. Tan Hill had all day back there. All day. And the Bills have not the Bills, I believe, have spent the most money on defensive line of any team in the NFL. And I'm like, for what? For what? They couldn't stop. That's the, true. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. I saw someone wow. say it on Twitter and I remember seeing that about eight months ago when we started, you know, free agency. Must was, be true. Must be true. It's gotta be true. <laughs> Hashtag no fact checking. So, <laughs> so you look at that, and then you look at the fact. Let's go over some players. Taron Johnson, as a slot cornerback, has been getting completely burned all season long, and it was just evidence again tonight. He can't cover the slot receiver, and he can't cover the tight end. Nobody can cover the tight end. Tremaine Edmonds can't stop the run game up the middle. He can't find the right gaps to fill. He can't. He can't tackle correctly. It's. He can't create pressure when he blitzes. Like, this is a rough season for the defensive line, for Matt Milano, the slot corner. I mean, geez, is that everyone? That's everyone but Tredavious White, Jordan Poyer, and Micah Hyde. It has been a rough season for everyone but those guys uh, on defense. And, uh, I mean, the, the offense just couldn't bail them out. Like I said, it was just was a rough game for the offense. Um, the officiating, let's talk about that for a minute. The officiating was was terrible. Again, I mean, just because it's fresh in my mind. I mean, that Tannehill touchdown pass at the end of the game, even though it didn't matter, the the, the Titans were absolutely going to win. It was that was a forward pass. I mean, he was past the line of scrimmage, right? Absolutely. I uh, turned the television off just before then, but I I I, I tend to agree with uh, you know with that. I, the, the refs have been terrible every game this season, so it's like you know commonplace. Yeah, it's like... Did you like, have flashbacks of the Music City Miracle, Nate? Yeah, absolutely. It was just like watching the Music City Miracle. They're like, well, if one part of a body, you know, if his arm hair is over the eight-yard line, then technically it's it's not a, you know, pass the line of scrimmage. And I'm just like, you know, plus this is the primetime game. Like, this is a primetime game. I know it's Tuesday night. I know it's not Monday night. I know it's not Sunday night. I know it's not Thursday night. But this is a primetime game. They should have access to every single angle on that field to see if it's laterally, if he's across the eight-yard line or not. And they didn't have that. It was uh, it was frustrating to see that. And then what, there was there was another call earlier in the game. Uh, what was it? Um, illegal. Let me, let me stick on that one for just a minute. Or, yeah. or maybe it, it no. is a wider discussion. This is, maybe this isn't the time of the place. But I still view it as almost paradoxical. If you're the, the person on the field charged with making that play, you don't blow your whistle because you want to see how it plays out. Like a fumble. Or um, a questionable, I think fumble is is where it's most applicable. Um, you just kind of let the play go in your in your mind, figuring, oh, it'll be we'll figure it out uh, when we review it. But the standard when you review something is it has to be right. They go with the play on the as it was called on the field, unless there's insurmountable evidence to overturn it. Whereas that's not what the the guys on the field are are using to judge it. Their standard is like, let it keep going. Do you get that? Yes. Or is that just me? No, no, that's what they've been doing. And I don't necessarily disagree with it. You should, uh, like you said, you should let the play 
go because it could, anything could happen. But at the same time, if it's... But then that review should be, it should go back to a preponderance of the evidence, right? It should be like 50-50, like a civil case in, instead of a criminal case where right. it's beyond all reasonable doubt. No, it should be, what's the right call? 50-50, not 95% certainty. Yes. Yes, agreed. Agreed. It could like, go either right way. Right now, it's 95% on review. Like, we're going with the, the call on the field unless it's definitely, definitely wrong. Yeah. But on the field, they're just letting it play out. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. That is that is a huge issue with with letting the play play out and not calling it because, like you said, you have to prove within a reasonable doubt that the play was the other way. So if there's any evidence that it might be the call that was made or the call that wasn't made in this case, then they have to go with it, which is which is BS, in my opinion. Yes. So there was also so there was that call. There was the non-illegal shift call that negated a Gabriel Davis touchdown earlier in the game. There was uh, the Josh Norman. No, they, they called pass interference on him when he barely touched the Titans wide receiver, which kept a series going. That was a third down play, I believe. And that, that's one they didn't really show the review of. They show it from like a bird's eye view. It's like if you're a bird flying over it 100 yards up. That's the, yes. the view they show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Again, terrible replay on that. They just what is what is going on with CBS? Like what they they are just awful. It, when when a serious penalty like that gets called, like they spend half half the time discussing it and looking at the quarterback that's like trying to get the next play call or whatever, or the referees the sidelines, it's like show the freaking play. Show me the penalty that did or did not happen. And then they show it barely right before the play is about to be called. So they have to cut it short. Obviously they can't show it three or four times. They could show it, you know, one time abbreviated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then just enough for you to get angry and upset. But then by then the Titans are snapping the ball in the next play, you know, they have 40 seconds. They have 40 seconds to show that replay like three times. And they never do it. At least for Bill's games. Yes. Agreed. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> the broadcasting again, terrible. The announcers were terrible. Um, I think I already mentioned that um, it's very frustrating to go into this. I feel like they didn't talk up Josh Allen nearly as much as they should have, maybe because he wasn't playing well during the game, but not talking about how well he's been playing all season. Um, the wide receivers were dropping passes all game. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think we, we went over a lot just now. Let's uh, Let's go into our stats of the game. Oh, yeah, real quick, special teams. Um, Corey Bajorquez is, he's like, so Dawson Knox was in, got injured, um, during the game, but he is just so aggravating to watch because he'll have a play where he catches a ball and almost stiff arms a linebacker. And then the next play, he'll drop a wide open pass. Like, I, I don't get it. Like, he's just, I, I want to love you. Let me love you, Dawson Knox, but you won't let me love you because you do stuff like that. And then you have Corey Bajorquez, who is like the special teams Dawson Knox, whereas like he'll he'll uh, he'll take the snap for a field goal and the laces will be in. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> He's like the 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 laces will be in, and then Tyler Bass will still make the field goal, and you'll be like, uh, Tyler, I hope you said something to Corey on the sidelines, like get your fucking act together and stop giving it to me. Laces in, haven't you ever seen Ace Ventura? Um, and then, you know, and then Bajorquez will have a 70 yard punt. 
<laughs> they've been the Titans within their own ten yard line. So it's like I wanna I wanna like you, Corey, but you just do so many damn things to make me, you know, pissed off at you. And that's all I had to say about the special teams. <laughs> Frustrating. <laughs> Frustrating. Well, the return game too, right? So like we talked about the Andre Roberts uh drop slash interception, but like he took it out of the end zone every single time, and every single time he didn't get it to the twenty-five. He might maybe once. I, I don't think so, though. Yeah, terrible decision making. Bills couldn't cover anything. I mean, this was just a a poorly executed game um, while covering. You know, returns, uh, punt returns, kick returns, and then there was that Josh Allen interception. We got to talk about that one real quick. The second interception that actually was a true interception, where he threw it right into the hands of Malcolm Butler that was just waiting there. And at the time, you know, the the Bills thought they had him down like five yards after he caught the ball. And he ended up running it for 68 yards down the sidelines. Like if Josh Allen doesn't get that touchdown, it is a touch or it doesn't get that tackle. It is a touchdown. And I'm just watching like this is this is not the Bills team. I know this Bills team is just they are just thrown off either by the change in schedule or the time of game or travel or just it, or you just chalk it up to a, a poor game all around by the Bills, but but that was like that was just uh, a perfect example of how the game went with with that play. Josh Allen making a a poor pass, and then them not following through and tackling the guy right away. Was and, his knee close to being down? It, it was close, it, right? It was close. It was close, but there was no. I want to see a replay. I want yeah. to see another replay on that. <laughs> oh, did you want to see a replay, Mike? Did you t- <laughs> Did you want to see a replay to see if he was actually down? Did you get one? Of course you didn't get one. Of course we of course we didn't get one. <laughs> now if that was a if that was a Bills interception that was questionably down or not, we'd have gotten four different four different reviews from different angles from, from that fancy uh camera that hovers in the air like a drone. <laughs> I mean, I thought it seemed like the Bills thought he was down and kind of stopped. I would have liked to see more of that play. I would have either, but the whistle didn't blow, so they should have known that he wasn't down, just based on that. For sure. So, but yeah, I would have liked to see, oh, I would have loved to see many replay, many replay. <laughs> we didn't have to listen I to Jay Feely. I've for, not known you to be such a staunch defender of CBS. I'm not defending Jeez. CBS, but they, they, it was both. It was both. We didn't see the replay, and they should have still tackled him. I don't think he was down. I don't remember seeing that play thinking. But then again. <laughs> how could you know? How could you know? <laughs> I think if it was. He cl- wasn't down. The Bills suck. <laughs> Thank you, John. Well, maybe they suck and maybe they don't, according to Mike's <laughs> par- parable. <laughs> um, let's go into the stats of the game. Stats of the game. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. So you're telling me there's a chance. Well, people can come up with statistics to prove anything, Kent. 40% of all people know that. Let's go right into it. I'm kind of sick of discussing this game already. I'm just I'm getting myself all world worked up. Josh Allen... 26 for 41 today, 263 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. 
Matt Barkley, I won't even give his stat line. He came in in the last series of the game, threw almost an interception right into the hands of Jadavian Clowney on a screen pass. That was funny. That was almost reminiscent of EJ Manuel throwing a screen pass right to J.J. Watt. Um, so, uh, you can add Matt Barkley or not Matt Barkley specifically, but backup quarterback on the list of, uh, of needs for the Buffalo Bills this off season. TJ Yeldon was the leading rusher for the Bills, which is kind of bullshit because he had seven carries for 52 yards, but like 35 of them were on a run on a, on that series that didn't matter where just no Titans decided to tackle him. So, I mean, really he didn't have that good of a game when it mattered. Devin Singletary, now you're talking about it an impactful runner, 11 carries for 25 yards for 2.3 yards per carry. The Bills could get nothing done on the ground today against Tennessee. Receiving-wise, Stephon Diggs was, had 10 receptions on 16 targets, 16 targets for 106 yards. Gabriel Davis had five receptions on nine targets for 58 yards. Cole Beasley, six receptions on six targets for 53 yards. And uh, a few others down there uh, that didn't really matter. Uh, Titans, Ryan Tannehill, 21 for 28. Real quick, real quick quiz for you guys. How many passing yards did Ryan Tannehill have tonight? I'll have Mike go first. How many passing yards do you think? I say this because this is a number that you wouldn't think he would have. I'll say 300. Make John make the decision. When you say a number you wouldn't think you would have, you mean for this game or for like a- any game in his career? No, for this game. I well, thought he I don't think it's fair that he's getting additional information after I've already answered. <laughs> You're right. You're right. That is not I fair. I go 299. <laughs> John was right. The reason why I say this is because um, I agree with Mike. I'll continue under protest. <laughs> Go ahead. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't Judge? matter. It doesn't matter. I was thinking more along the lines of Mike, and I'll defend Mike in this scenario because I thought Ryan Tann- Tannehill had a pretty darn good game. I don't think anyone stopped him. I don't think the Bills. Let me give you a, my real answer. I, I was going to say closer to 250. It was 195. Wow. Ryan, Ryan Tannehill didn't even have 200 yards passing. And they put up 42 points on the Bills. 21 for 28, 195 yards, and three touchdowns. If I told you before the game started that Ryan Tannehill was only going to pass for 195 yards and that Derrick Henry was only going to get 57 yards rushing, average 3.0 yards per carry, if I told you that stat line at the beginning of the game, you'd be like, Bills win all day long. There is no way that the Bills lose when Ryan Tannehill only passes for 195 yards, and Derrick Henry only runs for 57 yards. The Bills' defense, to their credit, they stopped uh, They stopped the Titans running the ball, at least. They didn't stop Ryan Tannehill, but I mean, I mean, mind you, Derrick Henry still had two touchdowns, but they held him to three yards per carry. At one point in the game, I mean, they mentioned this several times in the broadcast, but the Bills uh, were not able to get good field position at all during the game. And the average drive start after the first half was for the Buffalo Bills was the Bills 20-yard line, and the average drive start for the Tennessee Titans was at their own 41-yard line. So it was very, and I and I blame that on special teams, and I also blame that on, you know, turnovers, which the Bills really desperately needed a turnover from the Titans tonight, and they did not get it. I That's mentioned great stats. 
with Derrick Henry and Tannehill. But another one I thought is incredible is the third down efficiency, right? Bills were 13 out of 17. Yeah. Especially in the second half when they needed those third downs, they would get them consistently. Well, then why didn't they win tonight, right? Yeah. It's just like you look at these stats and you think like, you know, I don't know, when you look at when you look at it on paper, I mean, obviously, you know, it's slightly different, but it's 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 frustrating to see this and then see that the Bills still lost. I'll go into receiving really quick for the for the Titans. AJ Brown was a leading receiver for the Tennessee Titans, seven receptions on nine targets for eighty-two yards and one touchdown. Josh Norman and Taron Johnson were getting abused by him all night. Um Janu Smith had five receptions for seven yards, or I'm sorry, five receptions on seven targets for 40 yards and two touchdowns. Johnu Smith, the tight end for the Titans, tearing up the middle of the offense again. Khalif Raymond, two receptions on two targets for 26 yards. And I mean, then I mean, you're talking about those are the three leading receivers, and the third one had 26 yards receiving tonight. So just a uh, just a crazy, crazy game for the Bills. All right, so we're going to take a quick commercial break. After we get back. We're going to go over our Sweet Sassy Molassie plays of the game, if we can find any, <laughs> and our Wall of Famers, if we can find any, and our Wall of Shamers. So stick around, and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. This is our recap edition podcast. Thank you for joining us. I know this is tough to listen to after such a rough game, but I appreciate all you guys sticking in there. Uh, with us. Um, I hope this is a chance for you to listen and to vent and hopefully laugh about this game. Um, again, like Mike mentioned, we're four and one, so it's not the end of the world. You guys remember our first season with the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. That was a six and 10 season, and that was a rough season to do recaps for. This has been a fun season, all things considered. We were very used to doing uh, these sorts of games in that six and ten season, where I believe we had a segment at the end of every podcast, every loss at least, of like, um, let's look on the bright side. <laughs> the Bills have a hundred million dollars of cash raise next year, whatever, whatever we needed to do to make ourselves get to the week after and, and be up for talking about the Bills. And we're in a different spot this year. All things considered, it could be a lot worse. The sky isn't falling, but man. Um, it's tough to see this defense play as poorly as they did and then think, oh, well, at least they only have the Kansas City Chiefs next week, right? <sighs> okay, let's go into our sweet, sassy, molassie plays of the game. Sweet, sassy, molassie. Get out the checkbook and pay grandma for the rubdown. So, John, I'm going to throw it over to you first. What is your sweet, sassy, molassie play of the game in today's loss? Well, I mean, we were talking earlier, and you had mentioned it, and I, the Josh Allen pass uh, to Yaldin in the back of the end zone. I guess if I had to pick a play, um, that was that was a really good one. Yeah, that's a good one, Mike. Same for me. It was the Bahorquist punt of seventy yards that flipped the field and just energized the group of fans I was watching with, and it just it felt like okay, we're we're coming back it's something we didn't really uh, part of probably the reason why it sticks out is just the disparity from what the the expectation versus reality because we've been waiting for Bo Horkos to show us something and if, if finally like hey we actually got a, a really good punt when we needed one and that just that sticks out to me in an otherwise forgetful night yeah that's a good one I think Bo Horkos is it's funny 
last season, he was mostly frustrating. Like, the entire season, right? And we're just like, why are they holding on to this guy? He ends up winning the game, or winning the the battle in the preseason over, you know, potentially questionable talent, but he wins the job. This season, I feel like he's still frustrating, but he also has a few of those good punts. But then, so maybe next season, it'll be less frustrating and mostly good plays. Like, you got to hope in the development of Corey Bohorquez if the Bills keep him on for another season, or we just really need to look for a better punter next season. <laughs> in holder. In holder, yes. Hey, hey, if Matt Barkley was the holder, at least I could get behind that. But otherwise, he's just, you know, he's just Josh Allen's buddy at this point. Can we just all agree? I mean, he doesn't really add a whole lot as a backup quarterback to this point. I don't feel comfortable if he has to go in if Josh Allen goes down to save the season. I mean, just look at the Cowboys. I mean, they have Andy Dalton as their backup. And say what you will about Andy Dalton. I mean, he's a winner. He's proven to be able to win in this league. I mean, if you're the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen goes down, who would you rather have, Andy Dalton or, you know, it's just I, I think that's that's an opportunity that the Bills front office really missed out on this season, especially when they didn't pay him that much, three or four million, just a couple million more than Matt Barkley to have that kind of insurance plan in a season like this, when Josh Allen means so much. I mean, I, I don't know. I think maybe maybe it's just because this was his third season. They didn't need a veteran behind him to worry about him losing his spot potentially at any point. But with Josh Allen is the starting quarterback from here on out for, I can't see that changing anytime soon. So you, so you can now safely bring in any veteran backup you want. And I don't think any, you have to worry about the fans rooting on the backup or calling for the veteran. As soon as Allen struggles, I think those days are gone. What do you, what do you guys think? I think they could potentially bring in anyone. And unless Josh Allen struggles for like six games in a row, I don't think that there's a way that 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 fans will be calling for whoever that is as soon as you know as soon as Josh Allen struggles. Well, I think for what he means to the team and the way he plays with the running is a tremendous liability for the for the team. If he goes down as it is, I think the season changes dramatically and that's being very kind. I think <laughs> um so yes, I I I wish they had some trying to be kind and diplomatic. I wish they had somebody I was confident in as a backup for this year. And they really have to address it moving forward. Yeah. I don't disagree that improving at all positions, including, you know, depth of quarterback. Um, I mean, the limited time that we've seen Barkley with Buffalo, he's done. Okay. I've thought, um, he had one game. He had one good game. He had that one good game against the jets two years ago when they were basically giving up on the season. And then he hasn't really shown anything in, in the, in the little play that he has as a backup where he's come in. I mean, he looked terrible against the Patriots last season when Josh Allen got a concussion. He looked, he looked pretty incompetent against the jets last season, week 17. Of course he was doing that with backups as offensive line and wide receivers and everything like that. Sure. Um, but I don't think he's shown a lot in general besides that one game against the Jets where he lit them up. But, um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I thought Barkley has been okay. And then, um, you know, it's not like they're not addressing the position at all. I mean, they, they did bring in from obviously a, a later round pick. Um, but, no, like, yeah, I mean, obviously if they brought in like a Cam Newton, I don't know if Newton would have came in if he's not starting, but, like, 
or an Andy Dalton or something that that would be an upgrade. I would agree with that. So I'm going to go for my sweet sassy molassy play of the game. Same thing, TJ Yeldon. Um, what John mentioned that 22 yard pass that just like he just he just rocketed that ball right in there. Um, the Titans defense had a soft zone and they just gave him that opening, saying, "Hey, just try and throw it," and he did, and he made it, and uh, with just enough time. So that was a great. Uh, play by Josh Allen needed a lot more of those types of plays today. All right, let's go into our wall of famers and wall of shamers. So first on the wall of fame wall. Mike, I'll have you go first. Mike, who do you have on your wall of fame for today's loss? I got to go Beasley, Nate. Uh, He was the only player that <laughs> really stuck out to me in an otherwise forgettable game um the second half it was i wondered where he was in the first half and then he he came to play in the second um it seems if i have to rag on him for anything it seems like he sometimes will catch the ball and go down and like to see more yards after the catch and we started to see it a little bit more in the second half yep good call on that one john who is on your wall of fame today and nobody is all right. I'm going to put Steph. Is curmudgeon-y the word? Like, you're going to be excellent at the – is curmudgeon the right word, Nate? <laughs> I think so. He's going to make a great old man <laughs> sitting on his Give porch. a lot of practice in. <laughs> sitting on his porch, Clint Eastwood style. <laughs> get off my lawn. Did you hear me? I said get off my lawn now. <laughs> is that Gran Torino? Gran Torino. Yeah, excellent movie. Excellent movie. Um, I'm going to put Stefan Diggs on the wall of fame today with no John Brown. Everyone knew that the ball was going to go to him. Everyone with on the his type, drops. I mean, yes, he had some drops. He wasn't great. Um, yeah, the drops in general, let's go into our wall of shame. Can we put wide receiver drops on the wall of shame? Is that who you were going to use? Mike, did I steal yours? Let's I, do I think I have to go penalties. My, if we're going right into the wall of shame, it was undisciplined football. I really killed them at times. Just the offside penalties were so frustrating. Yep. There were a lot of penalties. John, who's on your wall of shame? Sean McDermott. Like I said before, team was not ready to play and on the three phases. And then, like you said, the penalties. Undisciplined. John, how long does it take you to get over a game like this, John? Yeah, John. <laughs> Do, do you does John ever get over a game like this? <laughs> Are we going to be talking about this in week seventeen? No, we won't be talking about this game in week seventeen. Is this erased as soon as the next game comes around, or is this erased um, today's Tuesday? So is it erased tomorrow as you start to look forward to the next game, or when does it does it shift? So, well, after we lose the Chiefs, I'll probably be <laughs> not not so great after that game. Um, but I might perk up the week after when we play the Jets. How about that? So you need a win under your belt. So for for people for people for people that that don't that haven't been listening to this podcast for the last three or four years, John is our resident um, bipolar. Bipolar? No, he's a, he's just a regular. I mean, he's like a fanatic fan. He with highs are, are super high, yeah. Lows are super low. Is that bipolar? Is that schizophrenic? No, it's manic depressive. <laughs> it's something. <laughs> Look, I don't have all the answers. Like, how did, like, I don't understand how you, sur- did we decide if we, what we're going to call the 
the two thousands, the the twenty aughts. What do we call the, those? The aughts. I think the yeah, the the aughts. the aughts. Okay. How like how the hell did he survive those? Oh God. <laughs> like we're four and one, man. First play. We're first place. Yeah, we're also four and one in 20, 2011 and two thousand eight, and we came away with losing records. <laughs> but you have to. The upswing is so much higher, or the potential, I would say, with with a franchise quarterback and with the coaching staff and the general. Like we were never that. I I'm sure when it, we were four and one in, in those years, we felt the exact same way. I want to say I didn't feel the same exact way. We were just talking last, like a couple of days ago, John, one of the listeners emailed us in a question and said, do you think the Bills have a chance at the Super Bowl? And you were like emphatically, yes. <laughs> and now like two days later, not even, and you're just like, yeah, we were, you know, four and one in those years too. And now we're going to, we had a losing season. This season feels much different than those. We didn't have a franchise quarterback then. Or at least what we what we were hoping was a franchise quarterback. Dude, we had Trent Edwards. <laughs> Trent Edwards was was oh wow. He was like Ryan Fitzpatrick's bad day <laughs> like at the time. I, I guess I guess to be fair, he wasn't the same after that um hit he took in the Cardinals game. He was never the same after he didn't play well. <laughs> after he stopped playing well. He was never the same. But yeah. All right, all right. So that's what I love about you, John. John, you don't you don't hold back. You don't censor it. If you're down, man, you're down. And I don't blame you. A lot of fans are feeling the same way that you are. Just like I want to say, I I want to say, Mike, I love you, man. But you're probably in the minority of about people that are feeling like, oh, this is okay. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's bad. I think most people are like, fuck this. Four and one. <laughs> no, just the moment. Just how you feel after the game about the overall team. I mean, you're looking about it. You're looking at a, a defense that got absolutely gashed, and an offense that faced its first test and failed the entire look game. At, look at all five games. The defense has been terrible all the games. What are we gonna do when we play Pittsburgh and Kansas City and New England twice? And I don't know. Maybe San Francisco will get its act together again. I mean, how are we gonna win all those games? The Bills just beat the Raiders, right? The Raiders just beat the Chiefs. Like, any given Sunday, man. Like, nobody is unbeatable. Well, let's talk about the the defense real quick. On my wall of shame. 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 I'm going to put the defense on it. And here's here's an interesting thing. We started to talk about a little bit on Sunday, Sunday's podcast, was... <clears throat> The Bills had a top three defense last year. They were top two in points for, points against, and they were top three in yardage against. So they were a very stout team. The problem with those statistics are is that they only played six teams out of 16 that had an above-average offense. And when I say above-average offense, I mean top 16 or better. They only played six of those teams, and they lost four of those six games. They played some of the worst offenses in the entire league. If you look at like, you know, bottom bottom of the barrel, the 32nd, they played the 32nd ranked offense. They played the 31st ranked offense. They played the 30th offense. They played like the 28th ranked offense twice. Like they played some shitty teams last season. So I think we need to start rethinking about this defense and how really good it is. I'm not saying they're not good. Well, they're they're not they're not good right now. But in general that they're not good and maybe they're just average and they just played a really easy schedule last season we need to start thinking that way 
You're saying we need to bring uh, Rex back? <laughs> we need to bring Jim Schwartz back. <laughs> I don't think we have to worry about losing Leslie Frazier anymore. I'm starting to think we don't have to worry about that. I think this is a prisoner of the moment situation. It's taking one game and extrapolating a game where you didn't have Tredavious White, Matt Milano, I would say two of your best defensive players. Um, and I think that game could tonight's game could have gone completely differently if the, in that first series, if the pass doesn't go off, Roberts is intercepted and brought back. Who knows what direction it goes? It was a roll of the dice. I mean, the bills defense, I mean, if if we're on that subject, was below average before this game. They were 17th ranked in points against. They were 20th ranked in yards against. Like, they're not a good defense this season. And today was just another example of that this season. Going forward, only five games in. I know it's a small sample size. They played some good offenses. I would say, potentially, they played more. You know, they probably played out of five games. They probably played at least three or four against top offenses. I mean, the Titans were a top top 16 offense going into this game. So they've been tested much more uh, than they normally would out of five games. But um, you're right. You're right. A lot of things, Mike, that's a good point. A lot of, a lot of plays uh, that don't normally happen or don't, you know, because Josh Allen doesn't normally turn the ball over that much um, happened. And uh, the special teams really let them down too. But the defense was horrible tonight. Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's go into uh, our wall of famers and wall of shamers from our amazing followers on Twitter. Now, if if you're new to our podcast, we do a post after every game. If you're not following us, please do. We are at CTW Pod, as in Circling the Wagons Pod. I tweet out after every game um, who who or what is on your wall of fame and wall of shame for today's loss. Um, can this, I add one more? I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, absolutely. You. you can add 10 more. What would you like to add? <laughs> <laughs> You're so accommodating tonight. Thank you. I really appreciate that, Nate. Yeah, no problem. Let's hurry it up. The hugging after the game. I don't like why. Why? I it's don't got, understand. It's, it's the Tennessee Titans with all the players, the coaches, testing positive for COVID. Um, why is the last image I see Josh Allen going up and hugging Ryan Tannehill? It does not make sense to me. Um, it, it, from... You could just say from an optics perspective um, about how the NFL is trying to say how seriously they take this. And I, I don't understand why at the end of the game, it's not, okay, go to your bench and and go into the locker room. Um, everybody knows how contagious this is and how you can be asymptomatic, how you can have a negative test and still have it. And especially with the Tennessee Titans, when everything's already been moved around, Right, like in terms of the schedule and how they've missed a game. For then, I think the Bills should have worked it out in advance with the Tennessee. Hey, it's not bad sportsmanship. We just, out of an overabundance of caution, from we don't want to give you anything. We're gonna go into the locker room afterwards and not hug you cheek to cheek. Like it just it seems irresponsible to me when you have the whole season, uh, three quarters of the season, hopefully the playoffs and a deep, a deep run in the playoffs ahead of you. You can't afford to miss Allen or any of your star players for multiple games at this point. And it's just, it irritates me. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent, Mike. Um, and, and we talked a little bit about this on Sunday. You just, this isn't the season to do that. That embrace after the game, that, that, uh, showing of, 
affection and sportsmanship or whatever you want to call it has to go. This is not the season for it. And it's like you said, it's not, it's not bad sportsmanship. It's not like, I don't like you. Like this is, this is not the season for it. especially a place like that's a cesspool of COVID-19 like, <laughs> like Nashville is right now, or at least specifically the Tennessee Titans organization. It's like a Petri dish. It's like a Petri dish. Of COVID-19. <laughs> you know those uh, those old like 60 Minutes or whatever where they would show like the black light in like the, the hotel rooms? Hotel rooms. <laughs> hotel rooms. If they did that in the Tennessee Titans locker rooms, you would just like see, you'd see everything in <laughs> the facility. Just like, man, that black light. There's been a lot of uh, dirty, dirtiness activities. going, <laughs> activities yeah. going on here, man. It's a lot. It's a grimy area. So <laughs> this is just not the season for it. Like, just don't do it. Like, just go to your locker room. I mean, Tom Brady did last last Thursday night <laughs> against the the Bears. You know, it, it's got. Uh, you know, I'm sure he was just doing it just you know because of COVID nineteen. It didn't have to do the fact that he was a poor sport and a sore loser and all that. But um, he was the only one on his team to do that. No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's I don't I don't get it. This is not the season for it. I don't understand why you go through everything of social distancing the entire week, preparing for the game internally in your locker room. You have dividers between lockers. You have more spacing than ever. People in the building are required to wear masks at one bill's drive. You have contract contact tracing, contract tracing detectors um, on you at all times while you're in the facility. And then as soon as the game's over... We're just like, hey, man, we'll just pretend like like we're not breathing in each other's faces or, or whatever. Like we're not just it's like you wouldn't do that with someone that, you know, was sick. So you can't pretend like you can't just assume that they're not sick. And I know you've been doing this ever since you were a kid in peewee football or whatever. You know, so this is just not the season for it. And not only does it frustrate me that the Buffalo frustrate me that the Buffalo Bills do it, but that the NFL as an organization hasn't outlawed it. Like this isn't this isn't the season to do it. Do you want to protect your players? Do you want to protect your brand? You have to do this by not allowing players, coaches, personnel to see each other after the game. One team goes in the locker room tunnel, and then when they're done, the other team goes in the locker room tunnel, and then that's the end. John, you're a resident conspiracy theorist, and you've been oddly silent. I'm surprised that you're not out here being like, oh, I'll bet Belichick keeps some guy in a bubble and infects him and then goes send him over after the game to go get all the bills. Like that's something you would totally float. Like like the in like, years past. <laughs> like they, they would do that for millennia, right? If a town's under siege and oh, here's a dead body with bubonic plague, let's freaking catapult them over. Did they do that? Yeah. Oh, wow. Very effective. Too. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna say that's a that's I mean, if you're on the side of the catapulting, not the catapulted, <laughs> that's a pretty good idea. Catapulting? Yeah. Catapulting. It serves two purposes. You kill your enemies and you don't have to bury them. <laughs> it's a terrible way of looking at it um do you think like in that same vein that reminds me of like pioneers like coughing on blankets and giving them to the indians right the native americans back in you know the set settlement time and it's like couldn't you see like the patriots doing that at like a Gillette Stadium game, them like coughing on the towels or something. Stefan Gilmore's like wiping his face with it, and then they just fold it up and give it to the pills. John, John's quiet. Yeah, I guess we're gonna get you something, man. What What do they give get for that? Zola? Oh, you know. mean for, for antidepressants? For 
for the hugging after the game thing, right? So isn't it isn't the rule like um, if sustained contact for like fifteen minutes or something, they're not like making out or anything, right? Wait, do you not believe in the virus? Isn't that what the <laughs> CDC says? Right? Like it's it's gotta be sustained contact for like ten or fifteen minutes or something like that. I think it has to be a nanosecond walking through like, a that's what it says on the quiz I take every day before I go to work. <laughs> do, do Have I had sustained contact with anybody within six feet for 15 minutes or longer? And I say yes or no. <laughs> but I think sustained. So like, so like if you're in a, a, an enclosed space for 15 minutes or so, maybe that's what like CDC guidelines are. But do they also say, Hey, if you're within an inch of the other person's mouth to your mouth, they don't They're breathing directly into your mouth. <laughs> An aerosol spray. Aerosol spray. Great game. Hell of a game out there. Can I have your jersey? Hi. I don't, I don't, I'm just trying to think of other H words. Yeah. No, they don't say anything about that. Well, either way, the season's over regardless. <laughs> John. All right. Uh, What's up next, Nate? Let's let's listen. Twitter, Twitter. Uh, Where was I? Oh yeah, Twitter. Follow follow us at CTW Pod, like at Circling the Wagons Pod. Megatron is in. She writes, "Wall of Fame, maybe Beasley or Diggs, but that's still pushing it." Wall of Shame, the defense was awful. Andre Roberts and the freaking announcers for basically praising the Titans for breaking protocol. I think that's a great point. Um, they, they didn't say not one point that I recall. Um, they mentioned how the Tennessee Titans were careless or reckless or doing things that they shouldn't have been doing and should potentially be punished for that or will be punished for it. But whatever. Megatron, it was actually one of our winners of one of the jerseys, the autographed jerseys last week. So um, congratulations to her. Bill's Blitzkrieg is in. They write Wall of Fame, or Wall of Shame, rather. Countless options, but top is Leslie Frazier, undisciplined on defense. Good call there. Wall of Fame, TJ Yeldon had a really good game, I guess. Yeah, it's, yeah, I guess. I guess. I mean, he had a lot of third and one uh, conversions to first down. Um, yeah, did a good job of getting those three-yard gains. Wall of Fame, Mike Graham is in Wall of Fame. <laughs> he writes in all caps. I love when people write in all caps, by the way. I feel like they're yelling at me. And he is yelling. He says, not a single damn person. Wall of shame. The whole team. Bad penalties on both sides of the ball. Defense trying to shoulder tackle Henry. Blows my mind. And the wide receivers with drive killing drops. Chiefs are going to put up 50 plus if we keep this defense up. Embarrassing effort. John, do you also have a Twitter account? Do you have a burner account called Mike Graham? <laughs> Sounds like something. No, but this this guy sounds pretty smart. <laughs> well, let's see. John's burner account has only five followers. Oh, no way. All of his. <laughs> Can we talk about besides tackling uh, tackling um, Derek Henry? We have to talk about Josh Norman and that one play trying to tackle Derek Henry and getting stiff armed into the parking lot. <laughs> Holy crap, man! My God, that was just, ooh, jeez. What did they say when people got, what did they say in the NBA when people would get dunked on? He just got posterized. Um, I'll stick up for him here. At first, it looked absolutely brutal. Upon the replay, 
you could tell like he's on one foot, right? Running in one direction and gets his shoulder turned. Like I think it happened to anybody. Disagree? No, it definitely could have happened to me. <laughs> I, yeah, that could have happened to anyone. True. But it usually doesn't happen that bad. <laughs> that was, that was, that was rough. That was, that was really tough to see. But I mean, am I surprised? Am I worried? No, who cares? Like that was going to, if, if, if I was, if I had a player on my team and he got dunked on by LeBron James, would I be like, oh, that player sucks? I'd be like, no, it's LeBron James. Like he's going to do that. Derrick Henry is like Andre the Giant of running backs. Like he could literally do that to, I mean, and mind you, Josh Norman's like what, like 40 pounds lighter than him probably. Right. So like, I mean, he does that to a defensive line. 40 pounds lighter. That's it. You think? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Could probably more, probably more like 50 pounds. Right. So they were saying before the broadcast, it's like trying to. You look it up and insert it. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to say 40 pounds. Anyway, (laughs) Um, let's go into our, there was something else I was going to get to. I'm sure someone else will bring it up. Um, B Mormon 2020 writes wall of fame bass great kicks with laces. Yep. We mentioned Tyler Bass earlier. Um, wall of shame, Epinesa Roberts, Singletary, rest of the defensive line, the offensive line, shame, 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 shame. Beanie, the pissed off bills fan writes wall of fame. I guess Cole Beasley because everyone sucked (laughs) wall of shame. The defense was horrendous. Everyone goes on here, but Edmonds needs to up his game, man. If you're looking at the Bills' two linebackers, and we and we look, you know, into the season, before the season, preseason, off season, you look, you're like, well, okay, the Bills have Milano and Edmonds, two stud linebackers, and I'm starting to think we never really truly, Tremaine Edmonds hasn't proven to be a stud linebacker. He's proven to be a linebacker with talent, but inconsistency, and he's just got, he's just got youth on his side, so he's raw. So you just assume he's going to reach that level that. Milano's already reached. I mean, Milano is already one of the better linebackers in the league, and um, Edmonds, I don't think, um, is is even is even close to his level at this point, and he hasn't been yet. And uh, we're just hoping that he somehow makes it that way. Josh Rincon is in now. I have to give Josh a shout out because he actually literally told me he joined Twitter just so he could tweet at us for the wall of famers and wall of shamers. Cause he, he messaged us when we finally got an Instagram last season and was like, Hey, you know, I'm going to, he would, he would send them over Instagram. Unfortunately, I don't read Instagram before the podcast, but uh, he specifically got a Twitter account just to tweet us after the game. So shout out to Josh um, wall of fame, Josh Allen for his mistakes. He at least kept the Titans honest. All right. Not doing so well, Josh, in your first tweet ever to <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's not bad. Wall of shame. The entire defense, especially the defensive line, they pay you a lot of money to generate pressure and couldn't do anything. And what was the point of paying so much? Agreed. That was a great call by Josh. We mentioned that earlier, and that was uh, that was a common sentiment on Twitter during the game. Richard W. Griswold writes, Wall of Fame, Corey Bajorquez wins the Brian Mormon Award. If the Pills keep playing like this, Corey could be the 2021 Media Guide Centerfold. Do you guys do you guys remember that when there was a section of time where Brian Mormon was the best player on the Buffalo Bills and it wasn't really that close? That was a sad time. John, that was probably during those one of those uh, four and one seasons. Dude, Brian Mormon is awesome. 
oh, I don't think anyone's saying that Brian Mormon wasn't awesome, but you can't disagree that at one point he was the best player on the team, which is yes, he was, which is very sad. If Brian Mormon was on this Bills team right now, he would still not be the he would not be the best player on this team. It wouldn't even be close. He is not the best player on this team. He's a good player on this team, but he is not the best player on the team. Didn't John for like a couple of years create a Brian Mormon jersey? <laughs> Yeah, I think I uh, used some duct tape to fix one of my older jerseys. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Yeah, that's a good idea. It's too my- bad we never punt in uh, Thanksgiving football. <laughs> <laughs> Every fourth down, it's just like go for it. Just go for it. <laughs> and it works out most of the time. Why doesn't every team do that? It obviously works in Thanksgiving football with uh, with our friends and uh, cousins. Why wouldn't it work in the National Football League. Uh, Richard writes, Wall of Shame, the defensive line was humiliating. The offensive line can't or won't open gaps for our running backs. That is a really good point. By the way, I'm glad Richard brought that up. Uh, We just can't seem to find any holes through the middle. This is a common theme this season, I feel. Josh was off, he writes, and he doesn't need to be very off to derail the entire train. We'd call Obnoxious Ram. Obnoxious Ram writes, the Bills team photo should be on the wall of fame. <laughs> Looked like a team that didn't want to play tonight. Dave Thorpe writes in, wall of fame. Trey White for boycotting this shit show. <laughs> Is that why he was out this week? Was he boycotting it? I thought he was injured. I heard it was a back injury. I mean, would anyone be upset if he sat out? Because he mentioned before the season he was thinking about opting out and he waited to the last day and decided not to. Um, but his girlfriend's father died of of COVID-19. So, um, you know what? Honestly, I wouldn't be... I don't think he would have made the difference in today's game. So, I'm okay with him <laughs> not playing in today's game if that was a reason. Wall of shame. Um, I would say the entire D, Dave writes. But I'm still waiting for them to show up. AWOL the whole game. Dave, I think you might be waiting a while. I hope you're not waiting for week six against the Chiefs for when the defense is going to show up because I feel like you're going to be very disappointed. Special mentions for the commentary team going down going down on the Titans on national TV and also to the NFL for allowing this debacle to happen. God, the NFL just doesn't it seem like it just, they just fly by the seat of their pants every single time. Like no punishments, never like a thing set in place. Oh, we'll just play it Tuesday. Okay. We'll just move back the Bills game to Monday. I mean, that'll be even. You know, that's like the same thing. It's like, eh. He writes, that said, on to the Chiefs, go Bills. Patton writes, wall of fame, question mark? I'm going with Bass making that kick with laces. Maybe he has broken that evil curse. <laughs> didn't break it today. Um, at least didn't break the, oh, he's talking about the kicking curse. Yeah, maybe that was it. Wall of shame, Andre Roberts. This was his worst game, even if you ignore the two turnovers. Chris Allegret writes, no one deserves the wall of fame. The wall of shame, the announcers, the whole team played terrible. I hope they ate a big piece of humble pie. You know, that might be a good thing in the long run for them to get punched in the mouth this early into the season and right before the Chiefs game. Maybe it'll actually help them step up before Monday night's game. Curtis Marcaccio writes, you know, <laughs> he, I'm not going to read it. I'll read it real quick. It's not a wall of fame or wall of shame. He just said, you know, Joe B will praise Jerry Hughes like he does every game. <laughs> I don't know. Jerry Hughes 
Jerry Hughes is one of those guys that you must have to watch tape for him to be good because he, uh, uh, it's not noticeable to if you're just watching the game in real time. Bruce Thomas Colucci writes, The D misses Starla Tulele and Jordan Phillips. Besides Milano and White, the soft zone they're playing is killing them. The O wasn't the same without Brown. That was a common theme I saw on Twitter tonight. Also, is the defensive line missing Starla Tulele and his ability to be a run blocker. And I would defend that with saying that the Bills did a really decent job against the run. All things considered, um, they just they just really couldn't stop Ryan Tannehill. And, you know, they can only do so much with the turnovers. Ray writes, Ray says, Wall of shame, the whole damn D. Wall of fame, Beasley and Diggs for playing tough the whole game. Good call. To Mike's point about Cole Beasley, uh, he did go out with an injury. He came right back. Um, dude is tough as nails. I do like that about, about Cole Beasley. Maybe he's tough because he doesn't take as many shots, Mike. Maybe you should stop ragging on him for that. Um, primetime Carl Gagnon writes, As much as I love Tremaine, he is on the wall of shame. We'd need more from him. When Milano is out, the linebackers look horrible. Wall of fame, the social media guy who has been awesome in the last two weeks. I'm assuming he's talking about the wall of fame being the social media guy who runs the CTW pod account, our Twitter account. And that person that has been awesome the last two weeks is me. And I don't know if you just started following us, primetime Carl Gagnon, but uh, he's been awesome the last uh, five years. So uh, that's not new. But thank you for pointing that out. The last two weeks, he has particularly been crushing it. This guy, John, this might be your other burner account. <laughs> this is from C.D. C. Del Regno. He writes, let the downward spiral begin. Four exclamation points. <laughs> John, is that your is that your second burner account? You know, maybe it's maybe I'm not so crazy after all. Maybe I'm with the majority on this. No, see, that's what I love about you is that there are absolutely fans that feel the same way. And you know, there's a part of me that feels your way too. Feel the same way, feels the same way as you. VJ Ortiz writes, Wall of Fame, Josh Allen for putting the ball on receivers' hands most of the night. Wall of shame, Jerry Hughes. If you're going to repeatedly lead Leave the entire left side of the field undefended. You better get the quarterback. Absolutely. There were times where he would completely, yeah, he left the side of the field wide open. Ryan Tannehill would run run around the outside like he did for that touchdown run. It was like a 17-yard touchdown run, I believe, in the second half. And, uh, yeah, good call by VJ. This is interesting. HP writes, no excuse, but the NFL has some blame with their COVID scheduling. Yep, I think I think we just have to except the fact that this this season is going to suck with the schedule, um, especially if you're playing the Tennessee Titans, apparently. And, uh, I mean, it's just it's just not going to be ideal. I mean, that, that can't be the excuse why the Bills lose, why the Bills lost today, but um, it certainly didn't help. Anthony Sepchi writes, he writes, uh, Wall of Fame, Diggs and Beasley, Wall of Shame, Roberts, Edmonds, Norman, Hughes, Oliver, and Hyde. Man, you just might as well have just put the whole defense on that one, which was on my Wall of Fame. Eric Ellinger writes, he writes something interesting. He writes, seemed like everyone was going through the motions. Penalties, drops, effort was awful. Looking ahead, hopefully teachable moment, and sign a Mukamura or a solid corner this week. Absolutely. We know Levi Wallace is on the IR. And if Tredavious White, White's back issue continues, we really need to sign uh, sign some cornerback depth. depth and uh, a Mukamura would be a good choice. And speaking of uh, eligible free agents, uh, Le'Veon Bell was released 
Tonight we found out the Jets released running back Le'Veon Bell. So that was an interesting uh, call. No doubt that will buy Adam Gase one more week. I mean, the Bills play the the Jets in a couple weeks. Not for nothing, I'm kind of hoping that Adam Gase stays until that game because you know as soon as a coach gets fired, the team rallies around it just like the the Texans did last week against the the, uh, Jaguars. I'm really hoping that Adam Gase does not get fired after this week, that they somehow win so that uh so that the Bills don't get that game. Am, am I crazy? I know the I know the Jets aren't good, but I don't need them having that extra motivation. We need Adam Gase to stay there as long as possible. <laughs> Is there any way the Bills can sign him to an extension for the Jets? Can we just foot that bill somehow? You can have him for free. You can we'll pay his five million a year. Just let him stay there. I mean, has anyone alienated more good players? In their tenure as a coach, Jamal Adams getting traded. Um, there's other players I can't think of, but Jamal Adams getting traded. Remember that? That whole thing. Um, Mike Taylor in, is in. He writes, Wall of Fame, third third down conversions, question mark. I guess. That was Mike's. Wall of Shame, officiating, defensive play calling, the NFL not being concise, Josh Norman, Andre Roberts, the special team units, laces in, throwing into triple coverage, and A.J. Epineza. I think I covered it on Epineza. I did see someone, I think I saw John Scott of Spectrum um, News write, uh, like, Epineza, like Epineza Scrooge. <laughs> that was good. You can tell we got the uh, the A crew on primetime Tuesday night football. <laughs> Emmett21 writes, let's get some news, new uh, new listeners in. Wall of Fame, Emmett21 writes, Wall of Fame, the offensive line. Eh, they're all right. Couldn't necessarily open some holes, but they were all right. They gave Josh some time. Wall of shame, especially on the TJ Yeldon pass. He had all the time in the world. Wall of shame, Andre Roberts. The entire defense, but specifically Taron Johnson and Tremaine Edmonds. Dude, the Bills are getting crushed every week by slot receivers and tight ends. But going into this game, the Bills gave up the most yards against tight ends of in the entire league. And if you're thinking, well, they weren't good last season, well, you would be wrong because... They were the third best team against tight ends last season. So they are the worst in the league at this point, at least going into week five. The entire, he also writes, MH21 also writes, the entire team for a lack of discipline regarding penalties, the coaching staff for being totally unprepared offensively and defensively, and very disappointing display. I'm going to get a few, few more new tweeters in. Tom Z writes, the Andre Roberts tipped ball sets the tone, but I have to nominate the CBS broadcast team for the wall of shame. Possibly the worst game I've ever heard. <laughs> well, you don't think Jay Feely is as good as uh, Tony Romo? Adam Talmadge is in. He writes, wall of fame. Diggs showed up on offense. Bojo kicked two bombs and made a tackle. I don't know. That's the best I got. Wall of shame. The NFL for making this game happen. CBS announcers praising the Titans for breaking protocol. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Penalties, key injuries, Andre Roberts, pass rush, and defensive death. Was this enough? Yes, I think you... Dude, Adam, do you just want to do the podcast next week or the next time the Bills lose? Because I think you pretty much covered it in that tweet. Um, Jesse Stentz writes, Wall of Shame was definitely Roberts. Even if he played well, his play would have single-handedly sabotaged them. Wall of Fame was Stefan Diggs, who was low-key unguardable. TJ in Atlanta writes, when a punt goes on the wall of fame, you can guarantee the rest of the game is going on the wall of shame. <laughs> uh, well put. M writes, she says, wall of fame, Diggs and Beasley, the only players to show up today. Wall of shame, 
Goes without saying, the Bills' defense in Dawson Knox. Man, that game was painful. Buffalo writes, uh, I wasn't embarrassed. One player, Andre Roberts, is responsible for 14 of those points. Good game. We can beat them if we see them again in the playoffs. And I'm going to get one more person in. Uh, we're going to do Taryn Bauer. Taryn Bauer writes, Wall of Fame, McDermott, for not blowing his top off, both at the refs and the stupid mistakes of his team. Wall of Shame, Taryn Johnson, the D-line, and Tremaine Edmonds, with maybe Norman in there too. Sorely missing Milano and Trey. Scheme cannot account for missing those two. And we're going to end it on that. We're going to do a quick giveaway for um, our podcast. We have a Harrison Phillips signed helmet. We have have several of these, so uh, we're going to give another one. Away. If you're not sure how to do this, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and uh, put in there your Twitter handle or Instagram handle, and then we're going to uh, do a giveaway every podcast. And if you're listening and you win, then just message us back and let us know that you won. Um, you have to be listening to find out that you won. And so far, we've given away uh, four different items. So uh, tonight's winner of a Harrison Phillips signed mini helmet goes to... Poppy below 69. Poppy below 69. Nice. I always like it when a username has 69 in it. And lastly, I wanted to promote our Tea Public store. Three words for you. Treat, yo, sell. If you go to tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod, they we are doing a 35% off our entire store, our entire bill store. We have over 50 Bill's images from our own graphic designer, Nick, who does a great job for the podcast. And then we also have several other independent artists that we have added to this store as well. You can get 35% off everything there. You have $13 t-shirts, you have $35 hoodies, $7 masks. I mean, anything. They have magnets, stickers, coffee mugs, anything you want. And that's at tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. We released our Josh Allen King of the Fourth design last week and um i I woke up and there were already orders for the t-shirt before i even posted it on social media or anything like that so really want to thank you guys for supporting us supporting the podcast and uh, that design i'm glad y'all liked it because we definitely talk about josh allen being the king of the fourth he was not tonight uh but he has been for a good amount of his career we have some new designs coming up so speaking by the way i appreciate anyone that posts uh, photos of these t-shirts on Instagram or Twitter. I always retweet them because there are times where like, I, I love the designs that we do. I mean, I'm a big fan of it. I wouldn't put them out there if I didn't also like it. I have bought most of these shirts myself um, on my own. And, um, you know, to see the comments uh, of these posts where people will show a shirt like the Josh Allen hurling the haters and people will be like, I love that shirt. Where can I get it? And that's just so refreshing. We just appreciate the heck out of it um, for supporting the podcast and everything like that. So again, if you want to check out all these images, like I said, people do love them. It's just a matter of if they get to see them or not. So it's tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. We are doing 35% off from Wednesday until Friday. So check that out over at tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. All right, so Mike, the Bills are playing against... The Kansas City Chiefs next Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in Buffalo. Can you give us a rundown of what the odds are going to be? Yeah, Nate, super, super early line. 
has the Chiefs favored by three over the Bills. The Chiefs are first in the AFC West. They're four and one. They have beaten the Texans in their first game of the year, 34-20. Then they beat the Chargers, 23-20, which is a close game. They took care of business against the Ravens, 34-20. And they beat the Patriots, 26-10. Then they lost to the Raiders last week, 40-32. So they've really taken care of business with, I would say, some, some elite teams, the Ravens and the Patriots. And a real close call with the Chargers. And lost to the Raiders. So I think the if if the Bills prepare and a couple things go their way, I think they can really hang with the Chiefs. I think they can win. I I think that Patriots win is kind of has an asterisk on it because Cam Newton wasn't playing, right? So like that's kind of a different win than it normally would have been. So I don't disagree, but it's such a strange year. It does suck that the Chiefs finished their game two days ago, and the Bills are just finishing theirs tonight, and they're going to have two less days to prepare for this game. So, I mean, I, you know you know, I love... We're, we're mostly optimistic on this podcast, and uh, but before the season, we had the Bills losing this game, and with everything considering going on, Milano, if Milano's out again, Trey White are out, are out again, I mean, the Chiefs minus three, is, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty decent line. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. If you is it imp- impossible to remove our bias? Probably, <laughs> right? Not for but me. If we could, I, you and I might be tempted to take the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs with a former league MVP uh, Mahomes, who's was in the running again last year. Um, yeah, I'd pull all your yeah. money on the Chiefs. John's saying if you have an account with a bookie right now, use all of it, bet it all on the Chiefs next week. You heard it first. If the Bills won this game tonight, John would have been all in on the Bills. Is that an unfair assessment, John? The world may never know. Maybe yes, maybe no. (laughs) Uh, Cool, cool. Well, let's end it on that. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate, uh, the guys for staying up super late with us to discuss bills, Mike and John appreciate you fellas as always. So signing off for John. Thanks guys. I'll bring over some, uh, mock drafts for next week (laughs) for Mike. Next week, we have another primetime game. Uh, It was unfathomable just a couple years ago. This is outstanding. And for me, Nate, we are on to Kansas City. The Bills are 4-1, and one, still, still firmly in the driver's seat in the AFC East. Go Bills, and we'll talk to you guys again next week. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly... Go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate.